Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, it is really cold here uh, in Florida. It's like, it's we're recording at like 6.15. It's 52 degrees. Like I had to put a sweatshirt on today. I was so freaking cold. You are embarrassing. New York City is snowing apparently right now, and I am in Beverly Hills and it's 69 degrees. <laughs> nice. Beverly Hills. That's where I wanna be. That's a that's a Weezer, Weezer song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad we didn't get to see that on Broadway because their thing got canceled. But anyway, um, <laughs> we are going to dive into the news here, Grace, and a very exciting thing to start the show here. Yesterday, it was announced that Tony nominee Eddie Izzard would be returning to the New York stage in a solo adaptation of Hamlet. Eddie, uh, if you might remember, did a one-person production of Great Expectations earlier this year, or was it this year or last year, last season, either way. But she will return to the stage beginning on January 25th, and it will run through March 3rd at the Greenwich House Theater. Great space there, uh, by the way. She'll be portraying 23 different characters in a production that is being directed by Selena Cattle and Mark Izzard penned the adaptation. All three of them work together on Great Expectations. So if you saw that and enjoyed it, chances are that you will enjoy this as well. I kind of love this turn that Eddie is making into like solo adaptations playing a bunch of characters like her and uh, Jefferson Mays kind of like going back and forth, seeing who can do the most characters in one show. Yeah, I was pretty devastated to not see her in the remix tour. Um, If you're not familiar with that, go check that out. Um, But she's now added all of these January dates for the Hamlet production that I physically must be there for also (laughs) like, my partner is like her biggest fan. I'm not kidding. Like has several of her stand-up shows memorized. Susie has been a very, very, very big person in our household for a very long time. And um, I think that this is an exciting collaboration between her and Mark, is it? So I think that like, Mm -hmm. we might be seeing more of these, obviously, especially after Great X, which by the way, I could give two shits less about. Like I, I really did not care about that book at all. But then I saw presented by and performed by Eddie Ezra. And I was like, well, I'll go. Um, and it was fantastic. And I still don't care about great expectations. <laughs> and I, but I fell in love with the whole storytelling aspect. And if you are a Hamlet person, which I feel like a lot of people are, um, or a Shakespeare person in general, like this just feels like a no brainer of a thing to see. Um, what was kind of fantastic about the great X though. And I'm curious if this will be the same here was that there was hardly a set. Like it was pretty minimal mm. solo show kind of uh expectations lol and i think that it just lends itself to the fact that like you're just seeing her perform like you're just seeing somebody tell a story that you're familiar with with all of their uh tricks which is like the ability to be a million people all at once and um she is she is astounding at this so i could not be more excited about this i i don't even love shakespeare all that much i sound like such a jerk today but um (laughs) i love hamlet like i do um because i'm a person. And so I think that this is going to be fantastic. So I'm thrilled to see that there are so many dates through March for this show. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm really prepared to see it. So no, no love for great expectations. Even the Ethan Hawke, Gwyneth Paltrow, Robert De Niro movie from the late nineties. Um, I have a deep, 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 uncomfortable passion for Ethan Hawke. So that is different, Matt. Again, 
really oh, great performers. Know. Oh my God. If you could bring me back in time and put me in reality bites, you would never see me again. I love everything. Like his performance is honestly starstruck at the piano lesson premiere, the opening night, because he was at the uh, Tavern on the Green party. And I saw him from mm. across the room and I was like, I was shaking. I had just like rubbed elbows with Sam Jackson. No, no, Ethan Hawke. Okay. So I thought, I thought maybe you didn't like Ethan Hawke is what you're saying, but no, you like him too much is the problem. It's, it's unsettling. Like, I don't understand it. Like I've really tried to do the math of it and I failed. So I don't know where we're at, but I think he's an amazing storyteller, but all of this said, when you have amazing storytellers and you have amazing actors who really just really just love the text, these types of shows work. Like I don't need to see somebody in a celebrity vehicle because it's just a well-known title. Like you're seeing somebody who genuinely loves the text so much. So it's also doubly entertaining. I think Mark Rylance is another person that does this really well. As yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on. Last week while we were off, the York Theater Company announced that they would be bringing the the musical A Sign of the Times to New York City for its New York premiere. This is a musical that features music by Petula Clark, Leslie Gore, Dusty Springfield, and other classic hit makers from the 1960s. It will play New World Stages, beginning performances on February 7th. This is a show that had previously had a couple productions out of town. It had played at good speed in 2016 and then it had like a full run at the Delaware Theater Company in 2018. It features a book by Lindsay Hope Perlman based on an original story by Richard J. Robin and the production is dr- directed by Gabrielle Barr. Some great songs in this. I remember it from maybe the Delaware run or maybe the Maybe it was the the good speed run. I don't remember, but like I remember uh, seeing videos and hearing songs from this. So this is uh, very exciting for people who like kind of that pre hippie uh, era of sixties pop music. So that should be very fun. Then we also learned yesterday that Playwrights Horizons has extended, speaking of one-person shows, Sad Boys in Harpyland and School Pictures. We previously talked about these shows. The shows have been extended by an additional week and will now both play through Sunday, December 10th, when, as the press release says, they must close. So not sure why they must close. I guess you could probably figure out a way not to close it, but either way. Um, and then, Grace, last week when you and I talked about what we were thankful for, one of the things that we were thankful for was that we were living in the age of Kara Young. Well, yesterday it was announced that two-time and hopefully soon to be three-time Tony nominee Kara Young will take part in an industry presentation of a new play by Douglas Lyons called Table 17. It will happen on December 7th in Manhattan. This is a show that concerns Jada and Dallas who haven't spoken or seen each other since calling off their engagement two years ago until tonight. Who's moved on? Who's still holding on? I'm going to be in town for this, so I feel like I kind of maybe have to figure out if I can get into the room to see that happen, Grace. Yeah, um, that's going to have to be a yes for me today, dog. Like I, uh, whatever, whatever it is. Yes. Yes. And (laughs) yes. And yeah, you're in, you're in LA. So you have to start quoting Randy Jackson. Like you're uh, on, on American Idol. I like that. Very good. All right, let's dive into last week's Broadway grosses. And as we had talked about, there were three shows that closed 
at the end of the week before Thanksgiving week. So we were actually down from 29 Broadway productions to 26. But because of the Thanksgiving holiday, grosses shot up exponentially. They went from $27 million to $34.5 million, a 28% increase. Although attendance stayed relatively flat. It went up less than 300 people, but the average ticket price increased from $118.46 to $150.90. One of the biggest beneficiaries, in fact, the, uh, the second biggest beneficiary was The Lion King. That was the top grossing show on Broadway. It pulled in $2,912,593 thanks to an increase of just under $868,000. Wicked came in second at $2.6 Hamilton was in third at $2.3. Merrily We Roll Along eclipsed $2 million. And then Sweeney Todd was in fifth place. Again, only seven shows, but it saw the biggest week-to-week increases at over $1 million. The rest of the shows north of seven figures in descending order are... MJ, Aladdin, Back to the Future, Cursed Child, Angeliette, Moulin Rouge, Six, Spamalot, Book of Mormon, and Gutenberg. So some really, really fantastic numbers for a lot of shows. This is kind of what we're looking for for a lot of these shows during the holidays, that they can make a lot of bank grace right now for the dark, uh, dry periods in January and February before some tourists start coming back for spring break in March. So, you know, while we're always kind of having this push and pull about Yay, these shows are making money, but wow, those tickets are really expensive. I understand the push and pull there, but excited that hopefully these weeks where they can bank a lot of money can keep shows running longer and keep people employed during what are often the the slow periods after the new year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's brilliant. I wish we could do them all the time. I mean, there's different programs that have these things because ultimately every show and every season and goes through weird periods and the fact that we can kind of like pinpoint these things to like exactly when they happen in the year um, is is helpful because it means that everybody on the streets working together to make sure that the capacities feel really good and that the people that are making their like post-holiday trips happen. You know, I feel like a lot of people whether that's Christmas morning or something else like where, you know, people say, oh, you're going to get a trip in January to Broadway. You still want it to have the excitement and the feel that a December trip would. Right. So um, I think it's really smart and it's exciting. And I know how hard it is to, to get all of those things in place and to get those all um, accounted for. So really cool stuff. Speaking of things that are exciting, Grace, do you have a subscription to the Max streaming platform? always and forever and i know where this is going yes okay i figured you would because that is where all of the studio ghibli films stream in the united states but speaking of that yesterday it was announced that the japanese language stage adaptation of studio ghibli's spirited away will stream on max beginning on christmas eve december 24th we have talked about this before this was filmed in tokyo in 2022 it streamed on Hulu in Japan later that same year, and then it came into movie theaters earlier this year in the United States. It will now be available to stream on demand to Mac subscribers beginning in less than a month. Uh, Tony winner John Caird helmed the production, and there were you saw it on sc- uh, on the big screen, didn't you, Grace? I sure did. I sure did. I selected my seat and everything. <laughs> yeah, thirty-two performers, fifty puppets. What was it like if you compare it to other shows that have 
puppets, which you are intimately familiar with, um, like what can people expect? Like what in the puppet genre is this going to be like for people who haven't watched it yet? This is similar in the sense of like whenever like in War Horse, you saw the puppeteers like they weren't always trying to hide them like it's part of the storytelling. So the puppetry behind all of this is Toby Ollie who, if you don't follow him on Instagram, please, we recommend, we highly, highly recommend. He's done Pinocchio at the National Theater. He's done um, The Wolves in the Walls. He did the the UK tour of Animal Farm that went really viral for its puppetry. Um, A Robot in the Garden, Spirited Away, 101 Dalmatians, Regents Park. So it's mainly in the UK, but his work is astounding and his team is unreal a lot of the the puppets are are done with the same artistic flair that you'll see in the original film but um it's just it's really magical and i think that what makes it so cool is that so many parts of the movie specifically the cartoon the the anime is that so many things morph into other things and i didn't know how they were going to do that on stage and somehow they were able to do all of it there were so many people playing different characters and you could see them kind of morph into the other ones it's just one of the most magical things i've ever seen between that and totoro like they they have made sure that these types of beautiful films are in really great hands and the fact that we're going to get to see this on max like i could cry because this is just it's just another window into a piece of Japanese culture that a lot of people don't get to see everywhere. And so if this is a window into the puppetry arts or theater or even into this original film, like go off. It's it's really amazing. And the two actors that that played the the lead role um, double up. So I'm curious how they had two different screenings for that when they were doing it in theater. Yeah, so I, I don't know if are they uploading both actors? Are they super cutting both of these actors into one whole piece just to kind of give them both a moment to shine in this. I I'm curious. So um, that's, yeah, that's my question, but I'm, I'm thrilled. I believe they are going to put both of them up there uh, according to this press release. So I, I think that's what's going to happen, but don't hold me to that. We'll, we will find out uh, on Christmas Eve on, on max. All right. Speaking of things that are streaming uh, from, from the stage, the, recent big screen version of Titanic, the musical that we saw that was filmed in uh, from the UK tour that is going to be streaming on Broadway HD beginning on December 15th. So I saw it. I thought it was very fun, very cool to be able to see that show and realize that you didn't have to have this huge, super expensive set to make Titanic work. So uh, we'll be able to check that out in just a couple weeks. And then, Grace, I'm going to wrap up with um, a recommendation. I'll, I'll give you the full article, but a ton of Broadway and theater folks made this year's Forbes 30 Under 30 class. Among them are Jordan E. Cooper, Dylan Mulvaney, Andrew Barth Feldman, Selena Fellinger, Molly Gordon, Lexi Underwood, Aaliyah Chanel Scott, and Renee Rapp. So you can check out the full list. That's always cool. I mean... It's a little hurtful that I was never able to get on a 30 under 30 list or a 40 under 40 list, but uh, but still happy for these people. Nonetheless, I'm not bitter or hurt about it at all, Grace. Yeah, this was the first year where I went, oh, she's not under 30. Yeah. Sad. It's sad. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it's great. I love to see Jordan E. Cooper in this moment. I also think that like Andrew Barth Feldman since, I mean, let's just say it. There are two Jimmy Awards winners in here. And uh, Renee Rapp and uh, Andrew Barth Feldman, but also Aaliyah Scott 
who is also a cast member on Sex Lives of College Girls with Renee. She is also a Broadway producer. She won a she won a Tony Award for Parade last year uh, or this year rather, and um, she's just she's incredible. I think that she's definitely one to watch if she's not already on your radar as a creative, as a producer, as a performer. Um, because uh, between her and her producing partner Thomas, they've got a lot of good stuff in the works. They're also on Gutenberg. Yeah, and she was also she played Navalungi in the national tour of Book of Mormon, and she also directed Renee Rapp's music video for her song "Talk Too Much." So, like, she is can literally do just about everything from acting, singing, producing, and directing. So, certainly one to watch. The only bad thing about her, though, Grace. Is the fact that she went to the University of Michigan, and I don't, I don't like them. Oh, go blue! So no, sorry. No. Not I'm a good, sorry. not a good weekend. Wasn't a good weekend. I know. Anyway, all right, that is all that we have for you today. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio, and you can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW Matt Grace. Where can people find you? You can find me on all platforms at It's Grace Hockey. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. 